Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you were followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. And like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated with us, uh, us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable incomparable riches of grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of from yourselves it is the gift of God not by works so that no one can boast for we are God's handiwork for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Father, God, we love you so much. And we're so thankful that in your great mercy for us, that you showed your love by sending your son Jesus to make a way for us to return back to you. And Lord, we've just been singing about, oh, that day, that day it's going to be so good when we stand face to face with our King so good God we just want to say that we love you we adore you and we worship you and we praise you and we give you the honor that you deserve this is the reason we gather as believers and followers of Jesus Christ to raise the name of Jesus above every other name you deserve all the glory all the honor and all the praise and all God's people said amen, amen, awesome you guys go ahead and grab a seat Thanks, team, for leading us on worship tonight. Fantastic, eh? So good. For this reason, we have life through Christ. We've been working through this series, this book and, and, uh, uh, of Ephesians. And the first week we looked at, for this reason, we have an inheritance. Then last week, Isaac did a fantastic job of looking at, for this reason, uh, we um, seek wisdom and understanding. And he encouraged us to think about that and pray for that as, as followers of Christ. And this week we want to look at, for this reason, we have life through Christ. We have life through Christ. Um, and it's really important for us to, um, to look at this passage that we're looking at tonight in, in sort of two parts. And the first half describes what life was like before we became Christians, before we give our lives to Christ. And the second half is about what that means to us and God has, and His great mercy has extended His love toward us. And um, for those of you who like to follow along in the scriptures, we're going to be uh, working through Ephesians chapter 2 tonight. 
verses 1 to 10. And, and uh, we said at the, um, in, the, in the discussion guide that we were going to be looking at um, primarily the, the NIV version of the Bible, which um, I talked about this morning. I got a bit of a mixed response when I said it was the best version of the Bible. And the reason that was because I said it's the Northern Ireland version, and that's why it's, that's why it's so good. It's so good. Um, so we're going to be looking through that, and, and we're using the NIV just to work through this series. So um, just for those who like to change the setting on your Bible app, it'll make more sense if you, you use the NIV. But anyway, in, in the first half of this passage, as I said, it, it describes what life was like um, before Christ, before finding Christ. And, and, you know, if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, some of these things might sound familiar to you, and we are so glad that you're here. It is awesome to have you a part of our community tonight. First one, it says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and your sins. Starts off on a pretty sober note. Now, the reference here that they're talking about and that Paul is writing about is, in fact, spiritual death. Not dead, dead. It's, it's, it's spiritual, spiritual death. However, we do know that Jesus has the power to raise people literally from the dead, and we read that in, in Scripture. But in this text, we're talking about spiritual death. And what's this reason? What's this reason for this dead state that we read about in this Scripture? It talks about your transgressions and your sins. So let's look at that. These are two different words with two different explanations, but in fact, they actually end up in the same result. Okay, the two words have different explanations, but they end up in the same result. Let's step that out. The word sin means missing the mark, missing the mark. And it's actually, if you, if you didn't know, the, the, the word sin actually comes as, it's from an archery term, okay? Fun fact for some of you. For the sake of explanation, let's just uh, imagine that I, Reuben, um, have 20 arrows, okay? And I've set up a target, uh, and my job is to try my absolute best to hit as many of those 20 arrows on target as possible. If you get a bullseye, that would be a bonus, all right? So my job is to hit as many on target as possible. But I'm rubbish, and I only hit five out of the 20, all right? Let's say for the sake of the story that I have a really strong competitor, and he goes by the name of Robin Hood, okay? So if you don't know who Robin Hood is, he's a legendary folklore um, icon that he is a highly skilled archer and, and, a, and a crafted swordsman. All right, Robin Hood, Reuben versus Robin Hood. Wow. So Robin Hood has 20 arrows. And remember, he's excellent. He's very good. So he takes his, he takes his shot. And um, um, it's, it's called a shot riding archer. Sure, it is now. And um, he, he takes his shot 20 times. And out of the 20 times, he hits 19 perfect bullseyes. Wow, Robin Hood. What a guy. And I don't know if you've ever seen Robin Hood before, but he also has the ability to go straight down the arrow and split the arrow in half and then keep going and keep going and still manages to hit the same target. Don't know how he does that. Maybe because it's a cartoon. Um, so 19 out of, out of 20, he hits perfectly. But he misses one. He misses one. So now despite he is awesome and, and almost hits perfection, he still misses the mark. Okay. He still misses the mark. And more importantly, in the terms of archery, he would have sinned. He would have sinned. You know, even though he was much better than me and my effort was rubbish, 
we're both still sinners. We're both still sinners. You see, Paul is stating in this text right at the very start, and he's making it clear that no one is exempt from sin. We're all born sinners. Paul is stating this and making this very clear. How else do we know this? Well, in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says this, For all have sinned, not some, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of us have missed the mark. We've come up short. What is, what, is the, what, is the, what is the result of missing the mark? Well, Romans 6.23 tells us this, which backs up again exactly what we're talking about in Ephesians. says that for the wages of sin is death. It's death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, the wages for missing the mark is death. It's death. And as for you, you were dead in your trespasses or trans, uh, transgressions. So the word transgressor or, or trespasser, it, it, it means to willfully step out to do something that is wrong. That you, ha- you know exactly what's going on, but you, you willfully take that step even though you know it's wrong. So sin means missing the mark. Transgressions means that we're willfully taking a step even though we know it's wrong. So the word transgressor means that. So you see they both have different meanings, but the end result for both of those things are the same. It's death. It's ultimately death. Look at verse 2. He says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world. And of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, which is, which is Satan, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So what he's saying here is that, 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 that Paul is referring to Satan as the, 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 the ruler of the kingdom of the air. It's an interesting title to give to Satan. Uh, and there's a few different names for Satan in Scripture, uh, for the devil. Uh, and one of them we find in John chapter 10, verse 10, which is a well-known verse, but it says this. The thief, he's described as the thief, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So have you caught what's being said here? He's, he's saying that before you become a Christian, before you become a follower of Jesus, you've, you've lived, you've followed, and you were ruled by a thief who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And our end result is, is death if we continue to follow that way. And and you know, for some of us, when we look back on our life before we give our lives to Christ, it causes pain. It causes hurts. Because that time of our life might have been pretty hard. The past reminds you of of, of hurts and pains that that caused you um, to be in deep sorrow. But if you look back, and you are a follower of Jesus, look back on the past, and it might be hard sometimes to do that, but look back in the past, you know what it reminds us of? The power of the gospel that can transform us into where we are now. You know, that's the reason why we share our testimonies. That's, that's the reason why we, we share transformation stories, um, because that very story, that very testimony can be exactly what will impact someone to follow the King. The power of your story is incredible. Don't underestimate how powerful it is to share what Jesus has done in your life. The past reminds you of the power of the gospel. So let's pose a question out of this. How does someone who is spiritually dead, how does someone who is spiritually dead choose Christ? Choose to follow Christ. Look with me at 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14. The natural person 
Uh, and please note that this natural person that Paul is describing in Corinthians here is before they've received Christ, okay? Before they've received Christ. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Listen, sometimes um, for some of us, we struggle to understand the Word of God. We struggle to understand the Word of God, and and that's okay. At times that happens. Um, But I believe Paul is teaching us something here because he says that according to Paul, there is no way that you can understand the things of the Spirit unless the Spirit is inside of you. Unless the Spirit is inside of you. And sometimes we don't like this term. We're not we're not big fans of this term, but uh, people would describe you as maybe a spiritual person. And spiritual person these days takes on many different forms. But in the context of the Scriptures, in the, in the context of who God calls us to be, when you have the Spirit inside you, you are a spiritual person. You are a spiritual person. It's not because you're able to memorize 4,000 verses. No, it's because the Spirit of God gives you discernment how to understand His Word. And Paul is telling us that we can't understand until we have God living inside of Him. God living inside of us and God's Spirit inside of us. Let's, let's step this out one step further and explain this further. In John chapter 4 in the Bible in the New Testament, there's a story about a Samaritan woman at the well. In John 4, we read this story of the interaction between uh, the woman at the well and Jesus. And, and Jesus asks her for, for water. And she's like, hold on a minute. You're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. How can you ask me for a drink? John 4.10 says this. Jesus answered, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, her response is vital here because she has no idea what he means. Because her response is, but you don't even have a bucket. You don't even have a bucket. And you're offering living water. What, 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 what is that? You see, just like in Corinthians, like Paul was describing us, the natural person, those of us are, are before Christ, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit because it seems like madness to them. They just don't understand it. And, you know, I, I feel like we can't understand the Word of God. We can't understand who God is unless we have God living inside of us, unless we have God's Spirit within us. You see, this woman, she just didn't get it. And we read more of the story in John 4 and this about the woman, and, and, and something is in her life that's keeping her away from God. And she has this gap, this emptiness in her life. Um, and she was using multiple relationships with men to fill that, relationship, uh, to fill that gap. She had five broken relationships, and Jesus calls her out, and he says, even the man you're with right now isn't your husband, which obviously just shocked her that he knew that. Jesus goes on to tell her, he says, look, I'm the Messiah. I am the living water, and she accepts him as her her Savior, and she's so excited about what just happened that she cannot contain what God has just done in her life, and she runs off. I'm sure she was skipping, and she runs off, And she tells everyone, come and see a man that told me everything I ever did. You know, if you're here uh, today and you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, or if you're a Christian for a while and you think back to before your your conversion, before you became a a Christian, it's, it's, for me personally, I I remember this really um, vividly, that, that I really struggled to understand the things of God before I became a follower of Jesus Christ. 
Things just didn't really make sense. They never really added up, and I couldn't put two and two together and get the right answer. But Paul's saying here, unless we have God's Spirit living within us, just like that woman, once she received the Spirit, everything started to make sense. So how does someone who is spiritually dead accept Christ? I believe it comes in two parts. Firstly, there's a work of the Holy Spirit. There's a work of the Holy Spirit. And secondly, we have a decision to make to follow Him when God's Spirit starts to prompt us. So in the Bible, and with a little study into Greek, um, I want to take us on a bit of a journey around God's Spirit. In John 14, verses 16 and 17, Jesus says this, I will pray the Father that He will give you another helper, that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, but it neither sees Him or knows Him, but you will know Him. But you know Him, for He dwells with you and will be in you. And Jesus, of course, is speaking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. And it says that He dwells with you. So the Greek for this is a word called para, which it, it, it's, a, it's a preposition that means to come alongside someone, either to comfort them, either to encourage them, or in fact to convict them about something that they need to change in their life. That's what God's Spirit can do to us. And if you, if you want to, we can call this the, the with relationship that we have with the Holy Spirit, the with relationship. Now, we believe the Holy Spirit can come to both Christians and non-Christians. First of all, he, he can come to Christians. He can come alongside them to give you that comfort, to encourage you in the hard times, to be with you. He's your provider. He's, he's your supporter. However, He also can come to those who are not Christians, convicting them of their sins and convincing them that they need Jesus as their Savior to forgive them from their sins. So the Holy Spirit, we have this with relationship. But in this verse, we also see another relationship between Christians and the Holy Spirit, and that is the in relationship. In John 14, 17, after Jesus says to the Holy Spirit, He dwells with you, then He adds that He will be in you. He will be in you. Now the Greek for this is en, which is E-N, and it speaks of the coming inside or filling up. And I believe that when a person accepts Jesus as their Savior, when they become a Christian, when they surrender their life to God, in that very moment they are filled with the Holy Spirit or indwelt with the Holy Spirit. So we have this with relationship with the Holy Spirit where He comes alongside to either comfort, uh, encourage, or convict us. Then there's the in relationship where the Holy Spirit fills you and it changes you. But we believe there's a third part. And that is when a believer interacts with the Holy Spirit and He comes upon us, overflows on us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, But you shall receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So the, work, the word upon in the Greek here is epi, E-P-I, which can tra be translated to over or overflow or the word par which comes from the Greek word dunamis. And the term simply means that there's an ability that we had before that we didn't, or that we have now that we didn't have before, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit when it comes upon us, overflows us. You see, the disciples in this, uh, and Jesus had this conversation, and He was saying about the Holy Spirit was going to come, and He would give you the ability to do something that you couldn't do before. And the question was, what? Well, the answer is to be Jesus' witnesses. 
Ultimately, this tells us about as, as, as an act of witness or leading people to Jesus in and through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, we cannot win people to Christ on our own abilities. We cannot win people to Christ by our own strength. We need the Holy Spirit to do a work. So Jesus told the disciples to go to Jerusalem, and he said, wait. Wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. Then 50 day, days later, and, and just like last weekend, we celebrated the day of Pentecost. Well, they were in this upper room, and they're praying, and then the Holy Spirit comes upon them. You can read about this in Acts 2. And what was the result of the Holy Spirit coming upon them? Well, they started to pray in tongues, and they had different gifts. And the evidence of God's Spirit became really obvious to them in that space. But that wasn't the main point of that story. The end result was so powerful. When the Holy Spirit came upon those disciples at that time, that day, about 3,000 people were added to the church of Jesus Christ. Are you grasping this? When the Holy Spirit is on the move, things change and stuff shifts. The end result was that the Holy Spirit would empower them to give them the ability to be witnesses and lead people to Jesus. Wow. Let's jump on to verse 3. All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. I want you to notice something here. Paul uses two terms to describe how we were pre-Christ. The cravings of our flesh, or in other translations, the lust of our flesh, and the desires of our flesh. Lust of our flesh and desires of our flesh. Paul goes on to give us this definition in Galatians of what that means. And sometimes when we think about the lust of the flesh, we, we, we automatically relate it to sexual sin. But in Galatians, he, t he teaches us what all that means. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentious, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. I said rivalries this morning. That's why I struggled with that one. I don't know about you, but when you read that list, it, it could be quite confronting. It might be time to do a bit of a, a little self-evaluation. Because if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ... None of those things should be in my life, right? If the Spirit of God is in me, then I should be the opposite of this. How are we living our lives? All of us who lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts, it finishes this, like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. You see, pre-Christ, our very nature, the work of our flesh, we deserved wrath. And if you're not following Jesus Christ, that is where we're heading. This is why there's so much pain in the world, because there's so much evil, and that's all to the nature of sin, which we're all born with. The next part of our passage has a, a three-letter word that's really, really important. It helps us realize that God has made a way for us. Even though that our nature was, was sinful and we don't deserve it, but God has made a way. And the word is but. But, 
Because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Church, please, please just grasp the magnitude of that verse. You see, we in our natural state were on a path that was leading us to destruction, but God, but God in his great mercy made a way for us to get to Jesus so that we can be made alive in him. And it is by grace that we are saved. Just that's the best news that mankind could ever receive. Amen? You were dead, but Jesus resurrected you. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. Every time someone comes to faith in Jesus Christ, we witness another miracle. Because we come from this dead state to be being alive in Jesus Christ. Verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. The same power that raised Christ from the dead raises us from our dead state to be made alive in Him. And not only can we identify with Christ's death, but we can also identify with Christ's resurrection. That's why we do baptisms in this church, to celebrate that and to show the people in our communities that we are followers of Jesus. Two weeks ago, we had an incredible time here with some incredible baptisms. Who's still buzzing off that? So good. Want to know more about about baptisms? Come talk to us. We'd love to tell you more about it. We're keen to do some more. Verse 7, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. What an assurance that even when we accept Jesus Christ, we make mistakes. If we repent, God will continue to show his rich grace to us, expressed to us in the kindness of Christ Jesus. God is good. Let's keep reading verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not um, from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Church, this is the, the basic fundamentals of the gospel. This is how it's spelled out. You know, sometimes people ask you, what, what does it mean to be a Christian? And some people might go, oh, I, I, you know, it's to be a good person. It's to be a good person. But if you look at verses 8 and 9, it spells it out that, number one, your salvation is only based on the grace of Jesus. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. And it doesn't actually matter if you're a good person or not, because then we get into this issue of who measures what is good and what is bad. If the Word of God isn't your standard of how you live, then who's to say what's good and bad? It's only by the grace of Jesus Oh, and here's something just to top it off, to put a sweetener on top. It's a free gift to you. You don't actually have to do anything for it. You don't have to do anything for it. Let let me encourage you and and think about this. I've heard this many, many times, and I've heard it in this church. I've had conversations with people about this before, that will say something along the lines of, I don't really have an exciting testimony. Well, I'm here to tell you tonight that that is silly. That is silly. Listen. Listen to what I'm about to say. The person who's been spared from a life of of drugs and sex and alcohol and violence and so on, they're just as effective for all of those who who have had to deal with that horrible horrible stuff in their life. You're equally a miracle in God's eyes. We were all once blind. We all missed the mark. We were all walking in darkness, but God in His great mercy gives us Jesus. Every story is important, and every story of conversion is a miracle of God. 
Amen? Let's look at verse 10. Here's to top things off. This is what God thinks of you when you're a follower of Jesus Christ. He says, for we are God's handiwork. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God calls us as followers of Jesus Christ, his handiwork. Man, God loves his kids. He really does. You see, we titled this sermon, For This Reason, We Have Life Through Christ. And tonight we've been on a journey. We've been looking at uh, this idea that we were once dead and were once doomed. There was no hope, but God in his great mercy gave us Jesus. And when we encounter his spirit, we feel his conviction. We have his presence. And when we accept Jesus, we have this new spirit within us, which changes us and transforms us. And we receive that power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, which is an experience of this outflowing of God's Spirit in our lives. You see, I wonder of, of some of us who have been around church for a while or you've um, called yourself a Christian for, for a long time, have, have a lot of this stuff in our heads. We, we know a lot of stuff. We've got a lot of information about what it is to be a follower of Jesus Christ. You could ask us anything, and we'll, we'll be able to tell you. We've learned all the verses. We've learned all the stories. We've, we've learned all the songs that go with it. But it's, it's only ever been in here, and it's never been transferred to here and to how we live, how we live our lives. You know, I wonder if there's some of us here tonight who, who, who have everything stuck in our heads and we, we feel like we're a good person, but more often than not, when the going gets tough, the old nature just creeps in. You see, just like the woman at the well, she went from knowing about the Messiah to truly knowing the Messiah. And when that moment happened, when that point happened for her, there was nothing or no one could stand in her way that she wanted to tell them about who Jesus was and what he has done for her. She was so passionate that that she just couldn't contain herself. She told everyone, and I want us to think about a couple of hard questions to ask ourselves. When's the last time you've shared your story with someone who needs to hear it? When's the last time you've told someone about what Jesus has done in your life? When's the last time you've been in a, in a moment of worship where you've really, truly just poured your heart out to God and allowed His Spirit to stir in your heart? When's the last time you've took time to soak in His Word and desire to be more like Him? There's lots of distractions in our world today that take us away from things like that. How's your time going in prayer? Do you talk to God often? Are you serving your local church? Are you part of a local community? What about your giving? You being generous and giving back to God? When's the last time you come alongside someone and encouraged another believer? Is your nature now one of love, joy, peace? Patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You see, church, when we receive Christ, just like that woman at the well, when we receive Christ, 
and allow him to wholeheartedly take over our lives, we will be transformed. We will be completely different to where we've been before. And you know, my prayer is for us this evening is that, that we, we will maybe just need a fresh wind of God's Spirit. Maybe for a while it's been stuck here and you haven't allowed God to take control of your heart. Maybe tonight you need uh, a renewal or, or, or to receive God's Spirit for the very first time. Because you see, if I'm a true follower of Jesus Christ, my life should be very different to how it was. Will we have struggles? Yep. But I guarantee you that when you're following God wholeheartedly, it'll be easier with Christ than without Him. So my invitation for us tonight is to receive God as our Savior, if you haven't already. Praying for another miracle. Someone to move from the dead state to being resurrected in Jesus Christ. And the second invitation is this. For some of us who maybe have been neglecting our relationship with Christ, have been leaving it stationed in our head, have never had that moment in our lives where we've just said to God's Spirit, come and fill me, use me, and I hand my life completely over to you. I want to invite us to do that tonight. And what we're going to do now is we're, we're going to wait on God's Spirit. And um, Rachel's going to lead us through uh, an item song, but um, the, words are, the words are so powerful. This is what they say. And it's a prayer that I want us to pray when we feel ready to accept Jesus to really take control of our lives. It says this, take my life and let it be a holy offering. Here I am, Lord, all of me, not part of me, all of me. And I surrender everything, everything. I leave my heart open, open to you. I'm holding back nothing, nothing from you. So just in this time, let's just, let's just bow our heads. Let's just close our eyes to save ourselves from distractions. We're just going to wait on God before we start singing. See, as Paul was writing to this church, he was writing this letter to encourage them to think about where they are and where they've been with Christ and where whereabouts they are in their journey. And um, maybe there's some of us here tonight who've been wrestling with this idea of salvation for a while and you haven't been sure about committing your life to Jesus Christ. Well, I just want to pray for you right now. Lord Jesus, um, for those who are with us this evening and maybe those who are watching online and who've been wrestling with what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ and haven't yet made that commitment, I just want to pray for them right now, Lord. I pray that your Holy Spirit will come beside them, speak, speak truth to them, 
Lord, I pray that they will accept you as their Savior. I pray, Lord, for a miracle this evening. I pray that people will move from this dead state to this resurrection life in Jesus Christ. And maybe you want to pray something along the lines of this. God, I'm sorry for the sins that are in my life. Father, I am thankful for Jesus that he died on the cross for me. And I ask for forgiveness. And Lord, I want to commit my life into your hands for all the rest of my days. you have um, just spent some time with God and you prayed that prayer for the first time or have asked Jesus to be your Savior, then we would love to talk to you after the service. Please, please don't leave here um, before um, speaking to one of us. Um, we, would, we would love to pray with you and walk alongside you and encourage you in that. Um, and Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in this, in this room. Holy Spirit, we recognize that you're here. My second invitation tonight was for those of us who have been in a relationship for God for a while, who've maybe been neglecting that relationship with Him, or maybe stationed all the things of God in our head and not allowed that to transfer to our heart, or have never really received God's Spirit in our lives before. Well, I want to invite you, if that's something that you would like to, to stand, and I want to pray over you. If you'd like a fresh renewal of God's Spirit, then I invite you to stand.
Spirit, we just praise you for what you're doing in this space. And Father God, we're just so thankful for those who have stood up to the testimony that they want more God in their lives. We want more of your Spirit to move in their hearts. Holy Spirit, we just ask you now to come and fill the hearts of these guys who are standing this evening. I pray that your Spirit will move from being beside them to being in them. And I pray that your Spirit will just give them that, that overflow that they need to, to be called to step out and to be witnesses for Jesus Christ, for your glory and your glory alone. And Lord, those things that are maybe holding them back from that relationship, I pray against that in the name of Jesus. I pray for chains to break. I pray for the evil one to back away in the name of Jesus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you will just fill each and every person. Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in our community. What about as an act of response, we'll sing this together. Let's stand as we sing. And let's sing it from our hearts as if we mean it. And when we pray, then sing these words that we are asking, God, take my life. These are not small words. Take my life and let it be a holy offering. Here I am, Lord, all of me, not part of me, all of me. And I'm surrendering everything.
Lord, you've heard the prayers of your people this evening. I pray, I pray that this moment right now is just like that moment where the, the woman has received Jesus Christ and she's filled with the Spirit and she cannot be contained. Come on. And as we leave this place, the power of your story, the power of your story can transform lives because the Holy Spirit does work in people's lives. Your story is important. Continue to share what God is doing in your life. Because God gets the glory. We want to see more and more people added to his family. And every person, no matter your story, no matter your testimony, is a miracle of God. And you've been raised from that dead state into a life that is for Christ. And Lord, we just give you the praise and the honor for the souls that are gathered in your name. To give you the glory, to give you the honor, and to give you the praise. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.